This episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors podcast is brought to you by Beaver Creek Game Calls. At Beaver Creek Game Calls, all of our calls are handcrafted and held up to the highest standards. Our goal is to provide a quality custom call that every hunter can afford. We strive every day with this goal in mind. We also take pride in our customer service because without you, we wouldn't be able to do what we love, and that is to make quality custom hunting calls. All of our calls are proudly made in the USA. Visit us online at beavercreekgamecalls.com and let us build your next call. Hey guys, are you looking to protect or give your firearm a fresh look? If so, let Wrap It Up Cajun Customs take care of it for you. We specialize in custom vinyl wraps in your favorite patterns from Mossy Oak and Realtree, as well as many others. Request a quote now by visiting us on Facebook at Wrap It Up Cajun Customs, or give us a call at 985-687-3953. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Robery. And today I have Jackson. If you are streaming on YouTube with us, I have my son Jackson Robery with us this weekend. Jackson wanted to hop in and talk to everybody this week. So glad to have you, buddy. I know you're with me all the time and you guys are pretty familiar. If you tune in on a regular basis to the show or to the YouTube channel, you guys are familiar with Jackson. Uh, he's with me all the time, been with me since, shoot, five years old, dragging him in and out of the woods. And uh, and this kid, for his age, you know, going on 13, you're going to be 13 here in the next uh, couple of months, mm-hmm. hitting the teenage years. So uh, he's been through it all. He uh, has a lot of experience as a hunter for his age, guys. And uh, we hope you enjoy his content that he brings to you. Um, he does his own thing also. He has his own Instagram page. If you guys go check out X Hunter, that's Jackson and his page that he does with his outdoor uh, hunting and fishing, all that type of stuff. So uh, glad to have you in with Dad this weekend on the podcast. And uh, and we are just outside enjoying this beautiful weather we had come through this weekend. So I'm excited about that. Kind of get you, get you in the mood again, guys. We are getting closer and closer every week. Uh, with waterfowl season approaching, quickly approaching here in Louisiana. Uh, we are now mid-October, and, uh, and you know, we're just a couple of weeks away, or right about a month away from the opener here in Louisiana for the uh, for the first zone opener. So looking forward to it. I hope this weather kind of sticks around this time because, to be honest with you, it's been hot. It's been really, really hot. Um, you know, if you've been following us on our YouTube channel um, or listening to the the episodes that we did lately uh, you know we have been hunting we've been in the woods we had a small game opener uh open up here in louisiana uh over the last couple of weeks and we have been in the woods for the first two weekends of that so um fighting mosquitoes that's pretty much been the, been the uh a bit, yeah a lot of mosquitoes uh, uh the heat not having much cold fronts or cool fronts even come through and, uh, and it's just been warm, but you know what? That ain't going to stop us. We're going to go, we're going to hunt and, uh, and we're going to get out there and we're going to participate in the season because it only lasts so long. So, um, but we've been having some success, even though the weather's been warm, we have been uh, able to kill some squirrels. So we've been putting some squirrels in the freezer. We're going to get some, uh, eat, get to eat some squirrel gravies, I guess, come, uh, come duck season when we all get together at the camp, huh? 
Jackson's been after me. He's been wanting me to cook a squirrel gravy for him, so we're going to go ahead and do that. Uh, we're looking forward to it. So we're going to try to get a couple of those tree rats in the freezer uh, before duck season. That way, once the season starts, it's going to be nonstop waterfowl hunting at that point, huh? Yeah. You looking forward to duck season? Yes. Yes. What What you looking forward to? What do you mean by that? What am I looking forward like, to? Like, what are you excited about for duck season? I know you said yesterday, you said it's almost duck season. Yeah, because I'm trying, I'm kind of looking forward to like trying to shoot a new duck that I haven't shot this year or in my life before at all. What you, what's the duck you want to get this year? Okay, so I want to get a widgeon. A widgeon, okay. I want to get a widgeon, but the duck I really want to get is a mallard, but a widgeon's probably my best. A widgeon's a beautiful duck. Mm -hmm. Oh, when I had my bucket list of ducks I wanted to mount, the widgeon was the one duck that I really wanted because we don't get the widgeon down here in Louisiana that we used to get, you know? You don't remember this because of your age, but when I was when I was starting out duck hunting, we used to see widgeon pretty regularly. And now we don't nearly see the amounts of widgeon that we used to see. Uh, you know, from the most part, a lot of the widgeon that come down our flyway tend to go to Texas nowadays. Uh, Texas gets a lot of widgeon. Uh, you know, I've been watching. I watch a lot of YouTube. I know you watch a lot of YouTube. And we got turned on. Uh, we've been watching the guys from Ducks Waterfowl. Uh, Flair is uh, what he goes by on YouTube. And uh, – He's up in Nebraska, and I watch a lot of their videos lately, and they are killing a lot of widgeon up in Nebraska in that area. So I was kind of surprised they get they get that many widgeon up in that area. I haven't seen a, I haven't seen them kill a widgeon before on that channel. Yeah, oh yeah, they have. If you go back and you watch some of his videos, they oftentimes kill widgeon. So, but a widgeon a widgeon is a beautiful bird. Uh, you know, I know you were with me just a couple of years ago. Whenever we were hunting in uh, Sherburn Wildlife Management Area, which is where we have a camp at, um, and I, I was able to get a widgeon. That was about, what, two years ago? Mm -hmm. Yeah, about two years ago. And uh, that may have been the last time we've seen a widgeon, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. Now, I do have one that's mounted at the camp that I have one hanging on the wall um, that I killed with my good buddy Dustin Jumanville at Sherburn just uh, probably about six, seven years ago. And it was a beautiful drake. I'll never forget that that day because we saw that Drake widgeon coming from quite a ways off and that bird was flying towards us. And when it got close enough for us to identify it, um, I looked at Dustin or I, I, I mentioned to Dustin, I said, that's a widgeon. And uh, it was by itself. And Dustin got excited and he jumps up when it got over the spread over the hole and he boom, boom, boom. He shoots off, fires off three shots. And he missed all three. He shot those three shots before I could even get up and shoot a shot. And, uh, man, he hops up, fires off three rounds, and misses it. And that Drake, it's like it in my memory, it just stayed on the same path, even though he shot, which I'm sure it didn't. I'm sure, it, you know, it kind of flared off. And I pull up, and I shoot, and we dropped it. And, uh, and I looked at him, and he looks at me, and he does well. He says, uh, we know who killed that one. He said, we we know I didn't kill that one because I shot all three and missed it right off the bat. So we started laughing, and it was kind of fun, and we made a joke about it. But uh, it was just it, we went to pick it up, and it was a beautiful, fully plumed Drake widgeon. So I was very lucky to get that bird, um, and I'm very blessed to have got that bird. And that bird is now on our wall that we uh, that we could tell that story about and we could laugh about. So. That widgeon at the camp? 
that's mounted is the reason I keep wanting to kill a widgeon. Really? Because I just look at it and I'm like, I want to kill a widgeon. You want to kill a widgeon, yeah. Yeah, it's a gorgeous bird. Widgeons, you know, when you get those drakes and they have that green and that that, that brown and they just, they right. their colors are unique, you know. It's just, a, it's a beautiful bird. I think all all ducks are beautiful birds for the most part. But, uh, but yeah, a widgeon is definitely a bird that's on most people's bucket list. So. And then. We got the uh the wood duck that I mounted last year. Yep. Last year? Yeah, we show our was it last year or the year before? It was the year before. Yeah, the year before. It was two years ago. You had Jackson knocked uh he killed his first wood duck and uh and he got uh he got we got it mounted for him and we had a local taxidermist here in uh Gonzales mounted for him and he did a really good job and now we have it on the wall of the camp as well. So Yeah. Yep. So Widgeon is on the bucket list this year. I know you are big into uh, the wood ducks now because you, you found something last year. Why don't you tell everybody about what you found last year? So we have this little spot that we that we uh, hunt. What's it called again? The, uh, the behind, we can't be giving all that away. We hunt public land, man. You don't want to give all those, the names of the holes away. A bunch of people hunt it, though. Well, it's it's community holes, but so we hunt this, come on now. Hunt, I got to teach you better than that. We hunt this hole in the back of Sherbin. And then uh, we we were, we were hunting it one day, and then we just started hearing a bunch of wood ducks behind us where we were hunting. We just started hearing them uh, whistle and everything, and we were like, let's go look. So we started walking back there, just a bunch of timber holes, timber holes, and we just saw them everywhere. But, like, the more we went towards them, the more they just went away from us. So we decided that the next morning we were just going to go that, back there early in the morning and catch them by surprise, but – my dad, he stayed in the blind for like the early ducks in our original hole, but and I went back there, and I uh, I went back there, and then there was and there was these two wood ducks that just came and they landed, they caught me by surprise, and then they were coming towards each other, and then once they got in the middle but towards each other, I shot and I got both of them. That's right, you got a double out of it. So it was actually your plan. You know, to do what we did last year when we found you, you, me and you, I guess, together found the birds. We, we, we knew where they were, uh, or at least we knew where they were coming from. But we were trying to figure out where these particular wood ducks were going once they left the roost in the morning because we could hear them in the dark. Yeah. Uh, we could hear them, you know, and uh, we knew that they were leaving at a certain time um, and they were going somewhere not too far from where we were hunting at. But we needed to kind of find that X to see where they were going. So uh, it was your idea. You said, Dad, why don't I get I think I know where they're going to. Why don't I get out of the boat? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in my waders. Cause we we typically hunt out of a boat blind. That's what we hunt out of. We have a boat blind set up, so we're pretty mobile being on public land. You can't take uh, a boat in there though. Can't take a boat into this particular spot where these birds were going. Um, so you said, hey, I'm going to put on my waders and I'm going to walk in there before daylight, before shooting time, legal shooting time. And uh, I'm going to go set up because I think I know where they're going to or pretty close to where they're going to. And I said, OK, I said, well, if you do that, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take I'm going to stay in the boat uh, and I'm going to try to see if I can't maybe, uh, you know, have some, you know, intercept or pick off some of the big ducks that come in early to the hole that we were the main hole we were hunting like we said like like our big ducks like widgeon mallard teal yeah stuff like that. all the big duck flight pretty much um you know so I, we figured that if you went into the woods you might be able to get some 
uh, some of those wood ducks we were chasing and trying to find. And then I would stay and try to hopefully get a couple of the big ducks. So my, my, you know, me remembering back kind of how it went is I was in the boat. I was, you know, obviously I'm sitting there quiet. I hear some of them wood ducks getting up. I could see them flying, but the particular hole we were hunting, those wood ducks, you know, they, they get used to it and they know kind of where to go and where not to go. Uh, so that they try to stay away from those open water holes. And, um, and I, I, you know, I was seeing them leave the woods where they were roosting at overnight and they were flying around the hole and they were going to the back of me, which is where you were. And, uh, and I, I remember being quiet cause I'm waiting on some birds, you know, come in. I heard a couple of birds flying right before daylight. Um, and I'm just doing my thing in the dug blind. Okay. And then all of a sudden I hear bing, bang, boom, boom, boom. And you shooting like it's a war going on behind me. And I'm, I'm, I can remember I'm anxious because I want to know what you're shooting at. I'm like, my God, is he shooting at ducks? Is he, I hope he's not shooting at squirrels or something else, you know? So, uh, you did shoot one squirrel. Yeah, you did. Uh, but I, I remember thinking to myself, oh my God, maybe he found them. He knows where they are. And, and sure enough, you did. So how, for everybody listening, how did that work out? You sitting there in the dark. You set up on a on a cypress tree. Uh -huh. Okay, so go and take so, it from there. So I, I just I'm sitting up on this little tree and I I'm walking and I'm trying to find like a little tiny hole and like in the trees like a little opening for so they can come like come in. Yep, yep. And uh, so like I'm just trying to find a little spot where it's not too thick. And I had a butt. I just saw them flying everywhere and I'm like I don't know if they're gonna come in. So should I just shoot at them from far or should I just wait till they land? And I was about to shoot at one in the air, and then I saw these two just come on from the side of me, and they just landed in the water. And I'm like, "Hold on." So, go get them. so were these birds? When you say you saw them flying everywhere, were they flying over the trees, or are they, are they flying and and die bombing into the where you were into the woods? They were flying like like at the tree line. At the tree line. Yeah. And, and we hunt a, a cypress break is what it is. So you know, it's not real big, tall trees. So, but these birds are flying over the trees, and and do you see them? coming through the trees landing into the into the swamp or or were they going somewhere else they were just like going into the trees and landing in the water and all that thick stuff that they could get in so they die bombing into where you were kind of into or at least the general area of where you were yeah okay so you have two you said that come in and they just land right by you not too far they land. They weren't. They weren't very close to me. I can say, like, they were kind of far away from me. Never saw you. Uh uh And they hit the water and they started swimming. Or what did they? It like they landed. They landed far enough to where I couldn't see what they were. Really? Uh huh. But I knew they were wood ducks because they were all around. Me. You could hear them whistling, and yeah, yeah you just making that that wood duck sound. You know what it is. Uh -huh. Yeah. So you shoot those two. Uh huh. And then what happens? So. I shoot those two and you I got, got you got both of those. I got both of them. Okay. And I, 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 I that that's why you heard me shoot again because I crippled them. I didn't kill them. I had to shoot them again because they weren't dead. Okay. So while I'm going to get those, I'm going and I'm going. I'm walking. I'm walking. I try to go back to my hole that I was at. And while I'm doing that, I look up. I look up and I see a squirrel in the tree. <laughs> okay. So you got wood ducks flying around. You have two wood ducks that are dead on the water. Uh huh. And you see a squirrel. I just look up and I see a squirrel. And I'm like, it's still squirrel season. Hold on. And the coon ass in you takes over at that point, uh, I guess. And I just shoot it and he falls. <laughs> and then I go get him and he, and then I uh, pick him up. And I was like, well, I got three. 
You got you got a squirrel and two wood ducks. Uh huh. Okay. So I get those, and then I'm I will go walk back to my hole, and I'm like I'm not seeing very much. So I'm gonna go back. To, I'm gonna go back to the blonde. So I'm walking back. I'm walking back, and I hear wee 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 wee. wee. I just hear a bunch of wood ducks, and then I just I'm I'm like I'm I'm very open. Like um. You're in the wide open. At I'm that in part. the wide open. So, but I still had a bunch of trees. So I'm just like, hold on. I slowly just start turning around in my waders. And then I, I just see a group of four wood ducks, like in the air, like in the in the forest, flying, just coming. They coming through the trees. Uh huh. They coming through the trees. They they weren't trying to land though. They were just flying around in the trees. So I come, and then I guess they saw me like at the last second. So like they kind of peeled off, but then I just shot. I didn't really aim. I just shot because they were all bunched up. I just aimed at that little bunch. How far were they from me? They were pretty close to you. Yeah, pretty close. Yeah. Uh, so I just shoot, and then I, I see one fall. I folded him. I, I see him fall, and he goes into some sticker bushes. Uh huh. And I'm like, oh god, this is gonna be painful. <laughs> but I'm like, but I'm like, I don't care about that because I'm so happy I got him out the air. At this point, this is your best solo duck hunt you've ever made in your life. Yeah, that, I think that was the. Isn't that the first time you ever let me like go by myself? Yeah, on, on a duck hunt. Yes, yeah, kind of stray away from me and leave me. Yes, it was. Yeah, it because was. like you, I wasn't that far from you, and like we know that it's just like wood ducks and, and all that. And I'm, I hear, I'm hearing all this shooting. Okay, so as yeah. your dad, I'm like so excited because I'm like, oh my god, what does he have? Yeah. You know. And when I, I got back I, to the blonde, you were like, did you get him? Yeah, I see you coming through the woods, and I can see you, you know, walking in your waders, and you waist deep in water, and I see some feathers. The sunlight kind of comes through the trees, and it hits the, those ducks, and I can see the. You know those those colors on that wood duck, and I'm like, all right, he got at least one. <laughs> so I'm thinking to myself, okay, he's never shot on the wing before, really. You know, a, a bunch of ducks, and you know, a lot of times you were shooting them on the water before that. You know, uh -huh. you were water swatting them and stuff like that. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, all that shooting, hopefully he has at least one. Well, yeah. I see the colors on the dirt duck coming through the woods with you. I'm like, okay, he got at least one. So I got my limit of wood ducks and a squirrel. Yeah, and as you get close to man, you smiling ear to ear. You you can't control yourself. You're so excited. And I'm like, what? And you're like, I got three. I got three. I got my limit. And I'm like, go ahead, man. I was and then you hold up a, a squirrel, a, a sopping wet squirrel, because it fell in the swamp water and this squirrel's soaking wet. And uh in the duck seed. And you have a squirrel and three wood ducks. What? What a way to start out the morning, huh? You had to be pumped up. Huh? I was like, I was freaking out. You said, get back in the blind. Get back in the blind. Yeah, get back in the blind. I told you because they had some birds flying over the hole. You remember that? We had, I had two uh, gadwall that worked the hole, came in, and I shot, and I got one out of the two. And then later on, you remember the wood duck that I killed that came at us? That's what I was about to talk about. So, like, as I'm getting in the blind, there's some wood ducks that come from the woods that I was that I was hunting. They come, and then we had a tree in the way. So, they come, they circle around, and then one of them just lands. We shoot at one. I think you missed, and then the drake was about to get up, and you shot the drake and got him. You got the drake. That's get, right. You didn't get the Was that the one that, like, almost hit the blind? I can't remember. Remember the one that came in? I think I think it was Jackson. I think it was the one. So I'm sitting there. They get up and they circle the hole, like you said, from behind us. That that's that's them. And then it's a it's a hen and a Drake wood duck. Uh -huh. They come around. They see our our hole. They must have locked onto the decoys we had set up. Uh -huh. They they come into the hole and the Drake wood duck comes and flies and almost he's coming directly at us. He almost hits the blind. Never sees us yeah. at all. Mm -hmm. Hits the water. 
because I had I was turned talking to you, watching you get in the boat. He comes, I hear poosh. The the hen lands and hits the water, and then when I turn, as I'm turning, this Drake Wood duck's flying towards me, yeah. and almost hits the blonde. That's mm -hmm. how close we, we were, which is great because obviously we were concealed enough for them not to know we were there, which is something we're going to talk about in a second concealment, you know. And uh, and this Drake Wood duck just hits the water right next to the blonde, and I pull up and I stand up, and he looks at me, and I look at him. And you can see his head just going back and forth. He's freaking out because he's he's like, uh oh, oh. He's like, where do I go? Yeah, where do I go? And I'm too close to him to to shoot the shot because I would have blown him up. You know, I was that close to him. I could have literally reached out and hit him with my gun, you know, and, and swatted him. You had to wait till he got up in the air. So I I'm like, I hey, I holler at him and he he's looking around and his head's bobbing back and forth and he jumps up. Eventually, I have to holler at him a few times. He jumps up. And he tries to to fly out of this little cut away from us. And as he gets up, I, I let him get just far enough, and I shot and I folded him. So yeah. it, it was really interesting. That was just a good morning where we, uh, you know, it, it kind of was funny how it all worked out. Of course, the the day that we found the birds was the last hunt. It was the that was I think the last hunt of the season. But uh, we had we were hunting one day before the before all this happened. We hunted on the Saturday uh -huh. that it happened. And we thought that that was going to be our last hunt, and we weren't going to hunt again. That's right. We, we were able to make one more hunt. We were able to make one more hunt. But on that hunt, we also did pretty good on that hunt, too, because that's the hunt where uh, we had all the motion decoys. We didn't have any of the uh, just normal decoys. We had only motion out. That was it. That's right. And we had them wood ducks come from behind us, and they went, and we were like, oh, they're gone. And then they circle back around like super far, and they come in. They come in from the side, and we can't see them. We're not ready because the trees are right there. They come in. There's, like, like four of them that just land in the day. I remember they that. all land, and then I got one on the water that was, like, over here. Yep, on the left side. And then you got one that was, like, over here. Uh, Did you get two? Or one I got two out of that group, two. and you got one. Yeah, and I, so we got three. So we got three out of the four. So one, one of them got out and got away so after we, got, we shot. We got a wood duck limit. So we did. We did. We had together. We had a one-man wood duck limit on that little shoot. So yeah, that that was that was pretty cool too. I'm pretty sure that was the only Dutch we killed that day. And my, I don't remember. I don't remember if we had those three or not. Uh, I think we had an opportunity. We had two uh, two guy wall come in that we ended up whiffing on, if I'm not mistaken. Isn't that when I went to go get the birds and you said, "Be quiet"? Yes. Whistle that. Yep, that's exactly right. So we had those three birds we had uh, on the strap, and then you, or I'm sorry, we had two birds on the strap. You go to get a third wood duck. Uh, that was a little further out that we had shot. Yeah. And at that point, while you're in the decoy, it's trying to pick up the bird. You remember I told you be quiet and you, uh -huh. you hunched down? And all of a sudden, kind of caught me off guard is what it was. I never saw them. They came from behind us in the cypress trees. And these two gadwall locked up. It was a hen and a drake gadwall. Uh -huh. Locks up over the spread. And they were, when I turned, they were there already. And it was kind of. You know, when I turned, I think I flared them is what it was. And they kind of did a, a, you know, a dip and a dive. And I pull up and I shoot and I missed. I just missed them. I was trying to trying to chase them, you know, and, and catch up to them. Yeah. So, so. like, uh, so, like, it was an awesome hunt. And it was, like, one of our best hunts so far through the season. It was the last two hunts that were our best hunts. And, yeah. And we, and, and we say best hunts just because of the way it went down. That was pretty cool, you know. Yeah, and we got the – we got – 
it's all wood ducks though. Like we know, you know that you have wood ducks because we're hunting in the timber. You know that the wood ducks are there, and you you know that's what you're gonna kill. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're looking forward to going back this year because we feel pretty confident that those those wood ducks, at least, you know, as bad as the seasons have been over the last several years, uh, we kind of feel pretty confident. You do, I know for sure, and I do too, as well. That uh, that we got that to at least rely on. You know, this year. Yeah, we're definitely gonna go hunt that timber. We'll definitely hunt that timber. Hopefully, you know, I think those wood ducks are still gonna be in that area. Yeah. They so just live there, I think. You know. Yeah. See, so this last year only I went in there. So this year we're gonna do the same thing. We're gonna put our blind and our decoys out and stuff, so like nobody kind of like goes there. And then we're and then me and him are gonna go in the back and get the wood ducks and then come back for the big ducks. Yeah, it's only it's only about a fifty yard walk behind our blind. Yeah. Uh, so it's easy for us to go in the dark. We'll walk in with our spotlights. We could set up, uh, kind of try to see if we can get some of those wood duck limits early on to at least, you know, put some birds on the strap. And, uh, and then if we have an opportunity to shoot our wood ducks, we'll come back out, get in the boat, and then we could wait for the big duck flight, you know, a little bit later and on. I have, I have the uh, spot marked on, on X. Yes. Yes. So on X is something that we use. I mean, we, you've heard us talk about it, guys. We use it religiously. Uh, a lot of you guys are using it. I know now it's very popular amongst the waterfowl hunting, uh, you know, community. And uh, that thing for public land has been a lifesaver for us. I pay for the uh, for the you know the the paid subscription, uh, but you don't have to pay for a subscription. You can use the free version. I know you use the free version, and uh, and you can do everything that you that I can except for you know. Um, see if it's who owns the land if it's private versus public that's the good thing about it because you can see what's public land and what's private land and what you can and cannot hunt yeah yeah definitely you know in louisiana it's different i know from a lot of a lot of you who are up north and you listen to the show and you you know you where you could go and you could ask for permission to uh to be able to hunt you know a farmer's property and stuff like that uh i could see where it'd be very useful for that definitely um down here in louisiana that's not exactly how we do it um, you go knock on somebody's door here and I've, I've mentioned this before and you ask, Hey, uh, can I hunt your property? They're going to probably look at you like you, you're absolutely insane or greet you with a shotgun or something at the door. So it's just not something that, that they do down here. They're very, they hold that close to the vest as far as uh private land and stuff like that. You're not really going to be asking for permission to hunt somebody's property. So, but we are, but we are looking forward to either this Thanksgiving or uh, Christmas to go take a trip to Oklahoma, right? Yeah, we're 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 looking. We have a friend of ours who uh who has a friend of his that owns a uh, a ranch up in uh in Oklahoma, and he the the owner of the ranch has got into waterfowl hunting over the last couple of years because he has noticed that you know he has an abundance of waterfowl up there. Yeah. He's he's caught the bug. He's excited about waterfowl hunting. Uh, he knows my good buddy real well. They do business together, and uh, he, you know, he knows that he loves to waterfowl hunt as well. And he told him that him and I hunt together. And he said, "Hey, you know, you guys need to make a trip up here to Oklahoma." He says, "I have uh, plenty of birds typically during big duck season, and uh, we need to get together and, and make an event. You guys will come up, cook for me." He said, and "We'll hunt together." So we're going to take him up on that. We plan on trying to make that trip happen sometime around the thanksgiving break or if not if the birds aren't in big numbers up around there thanksgiving break we're going to maybe go during christmas um and as a backup plan if if for some reason the birds just don't show up there they don't have good numbers we have a, a another spot in texas that we're invited to go to this year yeah same same as the charlotte 
he uh he has a buddy in Texas that told us we could uh, make a trip up there. They they kill a lot of widgeon up there. So if you want that widgeon, that'd be a good spot for us to maybe go to. So we're looking forward to, to a couple of opportunities. Yeah, yeah, Mama would love that. She'd love <laughs> us to leave for both holidays like that. But she's on board, it seems like. So that's a good thing. So take her with us and rent a cabin. Yeah, Mama's not coming. Way too cold for her. Way too cold uh, for her to make that trip. But but yeah, guys. So we're excited. I'm sure, like you are, we're looking forward to the season. Uh, and you know, getting it kicked off. And today we're actually going to be taking out the, uh, the, the mud boulder setup today. Um, we're going to go run it just to put a little bit of time on it, make sure everything's good before we go. We got the blind on the boat. So that's a good thing that's set up and ready for the most part. We stay ready year round. You know, we do a good job of, of tying up loose ends at the end of the season, uh, storing it, doing our maintenance on all that stuff. So we're excited. Uh, we're pretty much ready to go. We, We'll pull out the decoys here shortly and uh, take a look, you know, charge everything up on the motion decoys, make sure all the batteries are good, just your general maintenance stuff. Yeah, and uh, I just wanted to say something. Going back to uh, Mr. Charlie and them and uh, hunting in Oklahoma and all that, it seems like every time you go hunting with him, y'all always get your limits. We do well. Me and Charlie have good luck together. And, uh, you know, he hunts down here in the marsh, the Louisiana marsh quite often. Uh, he hunts the Biloxi Marsh. He hunts Pointe-Shan, you know, areas like that. Last year, he was kind enough to invite me on uh, the the coastal opener with him last year. Uh, we are we actually hunted on the Monday after the opener. So he hunted that Saturday and Sunday, and he was off Monday, and he invited me. said, hey, you want to come down and hunt with me? We have a bunch, a bunch of gadwall that were in the marsh over the weekend. We limited our boat days. And I said, hell yeah, I'm going to make that trip. So I went. I met him. And, uh, and he wasn't lying. It didn't disappoint, I have to admit. We absolutely hammered the gadwall. Uh, and we had a, a two-man limit of gadwall in no time. I, it was kind of funny because, you know, he, he's out. We, we go in. He, you know, we, we took a mud motor in. And it's limited uh, restrictions on what horsepower. So he had a uh, – Mr. Charlie Perilou owns – you know, started his own company. He's been building boats for many, many years as a side hobby. And now, uh, you know, we've partnered with him and his company, Game Changer Boats. He is now full throttle, uh, you know, a, a full-fledged LLC, you know, a legit business. And he is now making hunting boats and fishing boats, aluminum custom fishing boats uh, for the general public. And he does phenomenal work, man. I mean, his boats are, are awesome. He just does a really, really good job with it. And uh, we took one of his custom-built boats last year down there when we went to the Biloxi Marsh. And uh, and we went in. He had a 23 long tail on it that because it has limited restriction on horsepower. And when we got there, um, he had a P-Rog that was set up in some marsh grass that they leave out there just to, uh, you know, go and fetch birds and pick up birds. And uh, I remember he goes to hide. the, the He drops me off in the little makeshift blind that we hunted, and he goes to drop off and hide the duck boat. And while he's out there, man, I'm, I'm, I look up, I put some shells, and I hear, I hear that sound coming over me, those wings. And, boy, I look up, and these gadwall are locked up, man, two gadwall. I pull up, and I shoot, and boom, I drop both of them. Get in the blind. And I can see him. He's, he's turned around looking at me, and he's like, what the hell? He's like, did you get them? And I'm like, yes, I got dropped both of them. So I'm hollering at him across the marsh. I'm like, get over here, get over here. And he's like, I'm coming, I'm coming. So, so he he's, he's blocking him in his little P-Rog, and he's paddling across, and he, he looks like an Olympic paddler, uh, you know, rower. And he's coming across the marsh, and he gets in. He, he gets close to the body, picks up my two gadwall, 
and he throws them in there. He's like, man, you couldn't wait for me? And I'm like, hell, I said, I heard them wings. I looked up, and they were locked up on me, man. I said, I, I said, I shot. It was just instinct. And it, we laughing about it, but we absolutely hammered them that morning. Yeah, and those of you who uh, uh, look at the YouTube channel and the Instagram, uh, he actually posted a video of uh, some, a Gadwall that he shot on the market. Yeah, we caught it on camera. It was, it was pretty cool. We called it in, and uh, we do have a, a, a little video clip of it on our YouTube channel. Uh, Biloxi, from the Biloxi Marsh. It's, uh, if you go check that out, you'll see what we're talking about. But that's actually the camera that we shot it with. It was it was one of the cheaper action cameras, and the video is not as great as what we got now with the GoPros and the better cameras. But uh, this season, I'm looking forward to getting you guys some good footage on a video with with the upgrades we did on cameras this year. So yeah, that's because uh, this year we uh, we got a better GoPro than we did whenever we, we filmed it at the Biloxi Marsh. Yeah, yeah, we sure do. So looking forward to that. Uh, so that's going to be real fun. So I'm going to make a trip with them this year. We talked yesterday, actually, and he said, hey, we're going to go that Monday when the season opens up again. We're going to hunt that Monday because a lot less people, and he said we're going to make that trip again. So I'm excited for that. Hopefully it'll be a repeat of last year. You know, with the hurricane coming through Louisiana just about a month or about two months ago now, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how the marsh, you know, withstand all the damage from Hurricane Ida. So hopefully, you know, it wasn't too bad um, and we'll be able to have some birds and have a good season for all the guys down in the uh, coastal marshes this year. So Hopefully I'm off of school. Hopefully you're off of school, huh? Jackson's always hoping he's off of school uh, for those week hunts because he likes it. We usually do well and he knows we do well, so he likes that. So Yeah, I got in trouble on the, whenever they went to hunt that day so I couldn't go. What you did? You remember? I don't remember that. Whenever I had to go to ISSP. Oh, yeah. He got in a little trouble at school. And uh, I told him, I said, that better never happen again. So uh, you got to stay out of trouble, which I'm blessed. You're a good kid. You're, you don't get in trouble very often. So got you got to learn. Though. You gotta I got learn. in trouble for not having my mask on. Not having your mask on. Thanks, That's right. COVID. On the school bus, huh? Mm -hmm. On the school bus. I mean, it's a school bus. <laughs> Thanks, Kobe. Yeah, that whole mask thing. You don't even get me started on all that stuff. I think a lot of us have had enough of that stuff. So, but uh, but anyway, guys, I know we've been talking, telling you guys some stories. I hope y'all are enjoying them. But this week, I really, you know, not to keep it too long because we went a little bit longer on all the storytelling than uh than we expected to. But uh, you know, this week something caught my attention. You know, following social media on Facebook. Uh, a lot of the forums, Louisiana Duck Hunter specifically this week I'm referencing, uh, there was several questions on there that kind of sparked my interest. I was reading up on what you guys were saying out there in the uh, in the Facebook community. And uh, questions in regards to blinds, duck hunting blinds. And that's, a, that's something that's often overlooked, I guess. We don't talk about that a whole lot. Uh, we did do an episode over the last uh, couple of seasons on the podcast about concealment and how concealment was key is definitely key in bringing more ducks to your strap and having some success in the blonde. But we really never talk about the different setups in blondes. Uh, and what I mean by that is all the different styles. You know, you may, you may have access to public land to where you guys could be hunting pit blondes. You could be hunting a traditional built wood frame blonde. Um, you know, and then you guys like us that hunt public land, um, what's your setup? You know, you, you have to be extremely mobile on public land. So like us in our situation, we have a boat blind that we have on our duck boat setup, you know? So, um, that's a, that's a, that's a, a blind that, you know, is a, is a possibility. 
Um, you may not have access to a boat blonde or may have a boat with no boat blonde on it, but you hunt public land. So you may have a brush blonde that you hunt out of that you got to go and you got to set up. Uh, so there's so many different styles of blinds um, that, you know, are possibilities when you're out there hunting. And that's something that I think a lot of people overlook sometimes. But what do you guys hunt? What do you prefer? You know, um, I had somebody message me this week. We were talking about it and they said, hey, you know, I see you have a, a boat blind on your boat. What do you guys use to cover it up? You know, what do y'all use? How do you cover it up? What what type is it? A, is it a is it a brand of blind? Did you make it blind? What's the situation there? And what I set up, um, we have a, a, a manufactured boat blind by Beaver Tail Products. Uh, we, we run a Beaver Tail mud motor. Um, and Beaver Tail is a brand that when I was working at Cabela's, we sold. Um, they've been in the waterfowl industry for quite some time. Uh, just like other brands like you may have on your boat, uh, such as Avery Blinds or other, other, you know, I know there's a million different brands out there now. But uh, but we do run a beaver tail blind on our setup, um, and it, it's it's a heck of a damn good blind. It really is. It's made with a windproof material. Um, it's a pop up blind that's easy to set up. You know, you can set it up with very quickly on it. Uh, has your typical shooting ports, all that type of stuff. Uh, in our boat, we have a sixteen forty eight is the is the size that we hunt. So we don't hunt any more than three hunters if we're hunting out of the boat blind. Yeah, there's, there's four uh, shooting ports, but the, we only hunt three because the boat's kind of tighter. Yeah, it's tighter. It's a smaller boat. The blind that we hunt now actually was designed for a 17-foot boat. I had it on a different boat whenever I had that the, my previous boat, and it fitted better than it actually fits the boat that I have now. But, you know, I didn't want to I didn't want to have to dispose of it or sell it and get a whole new blind, so I went ahead and I transferred it over to the new boat. But, uh, but yeah, when we're hunting that, um, you know, it's a good setup for us and we've done, you know, we don't just go out there with just the blind itself. We do cover up, we add on to it and can, you know, concealment is key when it comes to a, a good blind in my opinion. And what I mean by that is you want to be covered up. You want to look natural and no matter what blind, whether it's a, you know, a pit blind, whether it's a, a, a wood frame blind, whether it's a boat blind, a brush blind. The most important thing, in my opinion, is ma matching your surroundings, you know, and you hear guys talk about that. But what does that mean? You know, not match your surroundings. So it's just like when you're picking out your camo, you know, what that you wear, your camouflage clothing. You don't want to show up in the swamp with, you know, marsh grass camouflage, you know, something that's bright colored when you have you don't have any of the marsh grass around you in the swamp. You know, that's just an example. Um, so you want to match your surroundings. So, you know, when we hunt in the swamp, you know, we do a lot of hunting in public land in the swamps, in the Louisiana swamps, the Chafalaya Basin, uh, areas similar to the Chafalaya Basin. So what, what we co typically cover up our blind is, is we use the, the basic blind. Once it's set up, we add, you know, different types of stuff throughout the years. I've tried fast grass, um, you know, and I've even painted fast grass, you know, to match more of a swamp scene, like your darker colors, your greens your blacks, your browns, that type of stuff. Um, I personally don't like fast grass because I don't find it holds up for what we have to pay for it nowadays. It's very, very expensive. Um, and I just don't think it holds up. I, over the years when I've used it, um, you know, I, I've seen where during, it, it made it maybe the, the first split and then I was having to add on and buy more and, you know, this and that. And the stuff just gets expensive. 
it gets super expensive. So I, I strayed away from that now with the fast grass. I don't find it holds up. Uh, so what I do is I try to use natural stuff. You and I, we, you know, we, we go out into the swamp. Um, we use burlap. We use 3D netting, which I'm not a huge fan of 3D net, the camo 3D netting, the military netting, because it hangs up on everything, right? Yeah. I mean, you see me, Jackson sees me sometimes. I'm so pissed off because I'm when I'm using that stuff, it's hanging up on the mud motor handles, the shotgun barrels, and I'm ripping it. I'm throwing pieces out of the boot. And it's, uh, it's just it, – it's a good look but I don't like how it hangs up on everything. So I try to stray away from that now a little bit too, yeah. uh, which we still do have a little bit of it on the barn though. Yeah, so we use we use that and we also use moss. Moss. Yes, moss is, is actually one of the best the best concealment tools that you can put on a blonde. Uh, and that really, I find that moss is versatile. I mean, it, it can be used just about anywhere, uh, but especially hunting in the swamps, uh, in any kind of you know cypress breaks, all that type of stuff, or stuff, all that type of stuff. Uh, moss is natural. I mean, the ducks are so used to seeing that stuff around that they don't they they don't tend to flare off of anything that's covered in moss. Uh, anytime we've had a blind, we don't get a lot of flare offs when we have a moss uh, set up on our blind, and we'll we'll just go out like today. We may even do it. We're gonna probably gather some today. We'll go out. Uh, on the local waterways and we'll just take trash bags. We'll take it, fill it up with moss off of the trees and uh, we'll bring it back home, take it out of the bags, let it dry out, let it kind of do its thing. And then we'll take it and we'll bundle it and zip tie it to the blonde is what we do. Yeah. And, some, and sometimes like we have, we, in our neighborhood, we have a bunch of trees and sometimes I'll go on the four wheeler and I'll yeah. go collect some. Yeah. You've had Jackson. Jackson has literally gone to our neighbors, knocked on their doors and asked if he could get moss off their trees. And they they like, well, what do you want it for? And he's like, uh, for our, our dug blind. So he, they let him do it. He's done it. He's done it over the last couple of seasons, but we'll go out there. We'll collect a lot of moss. Moss already has a dead look to it. So it lasts a, a, quite a while. It lasts a long time. Um, you could put moss on the blind and pretty much have it throughout the whole season. You don't have to change it. Uh, we even got some on the blind now that's from last season. It still looks exactly the same. So it's a great addition to add to your blind to conceal your blind. Um, and we'll just zip tie it to it. Um, and another thing, I was talking to a friend of mine this week. He was asking me uh, uh, about it, palmettas. Uh, palmettas, and, and I like palmettas personally, to be honest with you, because uh, it doesn't take nearly as much to cover your blind. Uh, palmettas are pretty pretty common down here in Louisiana. They're all over the swamps. You have palmettas in the swamps, um, and they're easy. What I like to do is we take them, we cut them at the base, and then we'll uh, we'll go ahead, bring them home, let them dry out, and start turning yellow. So yeah, that's what that's what I'm going to say. Uh, like some people might be saying, like, oh, they're too green, they're too bright. The ducks aren't going to like that. Well, we let them turn yellow and like just let them sit and turn yellow and turn different colors, so yep. that when you put them on the blind, they will be super bright. That's right. That's right. So early in the season, you could get away with them being green, okay? Because we have more green. Like right now, you look at the trees; we have green on the trees. So in the swamp, we that green kind of matches it. But as we start getting colder, the leaves are falling off the trees. Everything's turning yellow, which right now we're in mid-October. That's starting. You can see on these trees already. You got your green, but you got your leaves starting to turn yellow. They're starting to fall. So those palmettas, when we you let them dry out, they're going to start turning and wilting, and they'll start turning yellow. But the good thing with palmettas is they keep their shape. They don't they don't shrink up. They don't shrivel up. They kind of keep that their their full form 
uh, even though that they die off and they lose that green color. And what happens is as they turn yellow, they also kind of accumulate. It's black mixed in with the yellow. So you had those darker colors mixed in also. And then on top of that, if it doesn't match your surroundings exactly, hey, guys, it ain't nothing to get a can of spray paint and spray paint them. They, they take spray paint really, really well. So I've done that where I've spray painted them black or brown or, or dark green. Uh, so they're easy to paint, you know. And we paint everything else from mojo poles to mud our motors to our boats all this other stuff it's nothing to be able to spray paint some palmettos to help conceal your blind if you if you're trying to put them on your blind and uh like you said going back to how like if you leave them out they won't like shrivel up or get smaller or something like that they fan out they just they cover a lot more area you don't need as much of them yeah and that's like with the moss they won't like the moss will kind of get like it'll get like super hard kind of yeah it's true it kind of shrivels just a little bit but we zip tie it to the blind so it holds it on real well. But but it's a combination that we use. So what we'll do, like I said, we'll have our blind, our beaver tail blind on the boat. If you look at us, uh, if you ever see photos of us on the water with the blind, uh, especially the last couple of seasons, because we've we've you know made this a, a high priority to make sure that the blinds concealed better than it used to be than we used to. We've learned, you know. Um, so we'll we'll have the blind itself. We'll have burlap over that. Uh, or some kind of 3D netting, like I said. Um, and then we'll zip tie that moss to the blind over that, that material that we use. And then on the outside of the blind, it also has, on our particular blind, it has straps to where we could put brush in, you know, cling it onto the blind to give it additional look uh, of looking natural. So that's where the palmettas for us come in at. So we'll put those palmettas. They have a nice long stem on them. We could easily stick those stems into those uh, to those elastic straps on the blind. And, man, when you look at the moss combination, the 3D uh, camo netting or the burlap, plus the, the blind itself that's already camouflaged, it sets up for a really nice-looking blind, and we can blend in pretty much anywhere. I can, I, You know, we, we could say, sit here and say that over the last several years, we don't typically have a lot of birds come in close that flare off from our blind. We just don't. And, uh, and I think being concealed and matching our surroundings is a huge part of that, you know, because on public land, these birds have seen it all, you know. Um, so being concealed is definitely a, a key a key to having some success. And, uh, and, you know, whether, you know, our even though our strategy is for mobile hunting out of a boat blind, being mobile, uh, that same setup could work for you guys that have a brush blind Palmettas may work for you on a brush blind if you're hunting off the bank somewhere. Maybe you have a walk-in spot, um, and palmettas would be a good option because you could stick those stems in the ground in the soft mud, make you a nice blind. It looks very, very natural in the swamp scene, um, and it would it, do well to cover you. And if y'all guys want a, a better explanation of what we're talking about and how we, how we like to set it up on our blind, you can go to the YouTube channel or the Instagram and look at our blind of some videos that we posted and see what we're talking about. Yeah, and we're going to get some shots. We'll get a couple of still shots this year once we have it set up and open and we're making a hunt. Maybe after a hunt, we'll take a couple of snapshots for you guys and we can share it on our pages uh, just so you see what we're talking about. But my point is, is that you definitely, no matter what you're going to do, you want to match the surroundings. Um, you know, there's no, there's no better blind as far as the style of blind. And what I mean by that is, you know, is a boat blind better than a, a, a fixed frame, you know, wood constructed blind? Is it better than a pit blind? No, in my opinion, no, it doesn't. Every blind has a, uh, um, 
you know, what's the, what's the, what I'm trying to say here as far as uh, a, a a way or I can't get it out what I'm trying to say, but it, it has a particular purpose for where you set, where you hunt at. You know, if you're hunting in a rice field, you're hunting in a crawfish pond, uh, a pit blonde is typically what most guys are going to be hunting, especially here in South Louisiana, Arkansas, uh, any place where you hunt rice fields, you're going to be hunting a pit blonde. You're going to want to match the hatch. Uh, you know, your pit blonde is going to be in the, in the levee. It's going to be in the ground, uh, but you're going to have to have some brush over, it, you know, so that could be, you know, just some natural brush from around the wood line that's around that's you know borders the crawfish ponds or the rice fields. You want to have something match that pit blind. If you hunting a wood frame blind and you out in the open marsh, you know, a lot of times we'll see you got guys cut willows. When we hunt open water in the marsh, we'll cut willows and we'll set our boat up in a willow uh, a little brush blind. Even though we have it, you know, brushed up already to blind, our boat blind, and we hunt an open water marsh, we'll get willow trees, we'll get something like that, uh, and we'll stick it up in the water all around the blind just to add some additional cover. Um, what I do see a lot of guys over the last several years, and this is a, this is something that I see happen quite a bit, is uh, these guys will take, a, they'll go buy a brand new duck hunt boat, and uh, they'll put a boat blind on them, an $800 boat blind on them, but then they don't brush it up with nothing, you know? They might put a little bit of fast grass, but they don't really brush it up. And when I'm looking at the guys from across the way, you hunt public land, a lot of times you're somewhat close to each other. I can see the guys in the blonde. I can see everything they're doing. They're drinking coffee. They're cooking. Uh, they're they messing around, you know, and talking. And you can see everything inside the blonde. So if I could see that from 150 yards, 200 yards, 300 yards away, then the ducks definitely are seeing it. They're like 200, 200 feet up in the air. Yeah. Because they they got the best view of everybody, you know. So they up above, they got a bird's eye view of it. So this year, I, I was talking. Y'all might have heard about it. I got a drone this year. Yeah, you and, did. And when I, and I haven't thought about it yet, but I'm gonna try to get use it um in the duck hole and try to see what the ducks see, so we can improve our blind and our um spread a lot more. Yeah, and that's something a lot of guys have taken advantage of with drones now. They uh they could you know. Definitely when you're doing some scouting uh, or you want to just see before the season, you know, opens up, you want to see what your hole looks like, you know, buying a drone or having a drone available to you to, uh, to take a look at what a bird sees is another cool, another cool thing that you have because the technology now has, has improved so much for us hunters, you know, and uh, it could get overwhelming. You know, the technology could be overwhelming sometimes. It could be a blessing, but then sometimes you, you just got to go out there and you got to hunt, you know, you just got to go hunt natural instincts play into that and you want to be able to go out there and just hunt you know you have to have natural instincts sometimes uh, that's a, that's definitely something that you need uh as a hunter to be successful you know so but yeah i see guys like i mentioned i see guys that are out there and i can see in their blinds and you know damn well the birds could see so you know just because you have a, a blind on your boat or you know you have a, a blind you know that's built in the woods somewhere you need to make sure that you have enough cover and you look natural with your surroundings. That's the main point I want to share with everybody. And, and a lot of you guys know that already, but we kind of overlook it. We kind of think we're, we're covered up better than we are sometimes. Go outside that, that blonde that you have set up. Take a look at it from outside of the blonde and see what you think once you look at it there. Get somebody with a, that's with you, one of your hunt buddies, to give you his opinion. Uh, take a different look at it from a different set of eyes. And see what you guys come up with and what you think you have enough cover. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's my my advice on that. 
But uh, but there's so many different types. There's no right type of blind that's going to be more successful than others, you know. Uh, so don't be afraid to try different things. Try different types of cover. You know, that's a, that's another thing. You know, the whole Palmetto thing, whenever I, whenever I started doing that a couple of years ago, a couple of my hunting buddies were like, man, Palmettos, that don't that don't look like nothing. That's you know, that, that don't look natural. And I'm like, yeah, it looks natural. Everywhere in the swamp that we go has Palmettos down here just about. If you're around the swamp and water, you're going to have Palmettos. Like the only places that might that don't have it are like marshes and all that. Yeah, and even some of the marshes ha have a few palmettos, you know. Never so it's 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 pretty. It's it's something that I think is I, maybe I just see it different. You guys may disagree, but it's something that I see as being very natural with uh with where we hunt down here in Louisiana. And you know, I know I'm speaking to a lot of guy, a lot of you or guys that hunt here in Louisiana. Uh, you know, and, and if you're not in Louisiana, you may hunt somewhere totally different. You may you're going to have different surroundings, different natural habitat. Uh, so you may be using something else that I'd love to hear. You know, what do you guys use to, uh, to brush up your blinds? Uh, you know, traditionally, like I said, fast grass has always been the easiest access for a boat blind to be able to go to the store, go to your Cabela's, go to your Bass Pros and uh, and pick up. But uh, but yeah. yeah, that natural stuff, moss. Moss and palmettas have been worked very well for us. Moss is awesome, I think. That's that's just a, a great natural forage that we can use. To me, I think moss is better. You like moss better? What do you like better? Yeah, I, I like I like moss as well, but I, I think it's it's a combination we need of it, you know. The cool thing about the palmetto thing, and I'm going back to that again, is what do we do? I had I did have my buddy I talked to this week when I told him about the palmetto situation that we use on the blind. He said, Well, what do y'all do? He said, Does it does it roll up well when you have your blind? Uh, rolled up and stored. I said, well, we don't actually roll up the palmettas in our blind. We uh, we just pull them out of the elastic that we have on the outside of the blind, and we put them flat down in the boat. The good thing about palmettas is that they actually stack flat. Don't take up a lot of room at all. And I will just pull them out at the end of the hunt. We'll stack them in the bottom of the boat, and we use them next time we, we go hunting. We'll put them, we'll pull them off the floor, and then we'll put them back in our on our blind as a finishing touch before we get ready to hunt. Yeah, and like, uh, we'll put them, we'll uh, use them to cover the blind, and then uh, if we have any extras left over, we'll put them on the bottom of the blind while we're hunting and cover any like kind of bites up like our gun cases. That's right. That's a good point. That's a good point. So inside the boat, if you're worried about seeing inside the boat or birds working over the top of you and looking down into the boat and seeing stuff, that that stuff that sometimes you overlook inside the boat, like your gas tanks. You know, most of us have orange gas tanks, red gas tanks. Uh, you know, stuff that you might want to cover up, you know, that's what we use the, the excess palmettas that we may not put on the blind during the hunt. We'll use those to cover that stuff inside because on our blind, we have, like I said, shooting ports that we pop up out of, out of the top of it. Um, so they are, there is holes on the top of the blind. So we try to cover that up. We'll lay some down on top of the blind where the shooting ports are. Cause we used to do our gun cases a lot of times on top just to kind of lay across uh, we'll, we'll use that stuff to, to be able to cover up some of that stuff that may be visible from above. Uh, but the, the cool thing about it is they fan out so they cover a wide, a wide area. You don't have to use as much of them, you know, to brush up. Not nearly as much as we do with moss or fast grass and stuff like that, you know. And at the end of the day, guys, it's, it's all free. Mother Nature provides it. It doesn't cost you a dime. Much cheaper than buying fast grass and all that type of stuff. Um, but I'm once again, I don't want to sound like I'm knocking fast grass. I just personally didn't find that it was worth the money 
when I was using it on my setup. Uh, but you guys may love it. You may have very good luck with it. It does look very natural, especially when you hunt the, the marshes, the coastal marshes. So that's always a good thing. Um, you know, it's going to blend in really well. So don't don't stay away from it. That's not what I'm telling you. I'm just saying for the as much as it costs nowadays, I didn't find it was worth the money. And I was constantly having to, you know, put more on the blind and add to it just to uh, keep it up to par to what I thought it needed to be to look look natural, you know. So anything else with blinds that you got to cover? Okay. Well, that's all I got, guys, this week. I hope you enjoyed the stories we shared on this episode. Uh, I really enjoyed having you on, son. Uh, it's always a always a pleasure when me and I get to spend some time together. Mm -hmm. I love you. Um, I'm glad you I'm glad you're with me to share all these experiences. And uh I look forward to making some more memories with you and your brother this year. And uh and guys, we we can't thank you enough for tuning in to this episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. Without you guys, we wouldn't be able to, to do what we do now and share our stories with you and meet the people that we meet out there because we have met so many of you out there that are just absolute great guys, great great women, a lot of women that are in hunting now that we've got to share conversations with. And uh, we enjoy it each and every time we get to spend some time and talk with you. And we certainly enjoy talking with you on a, on a, you know every week when we get to sit down and share our stories with you. So thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we invite you to visit us on social media. If you have any questions for us, reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram. You can get us on Instagram. We put a lot of content up on Instagram, spending a lot of time on there. Yeah. And also don't forget to visit us. I know some of you are streaming us right now on YouTube. You're seeing our beautiful faces that are really made for radio. I always joke about that because my face is definitely made for radio, not for TV. So we appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, subscribing to our YouTube channel, checking out all the videos. We have been working hard lately to get uh, videos up on YouTube, on the channel for you guys. And we got some more coming. We got some more headed that way. So stay tuned. Like, subscribe, so you guys are alerted whenever we have new videos drop. But uh, thank, just thank you in general. Thank you so much for following us. And uh, we appreciate you sharing our stories, our name out there. And Jackson, you got something to say in closing? Whenever you said uh, to like and subscribe, also make sure to hit the notification bell. The notification bell. Dad's not up to par on all that stuff. So, yes, hit that notification bell so you'll be notified when we have new stuff hit the channel. So that's it. That's all I got, guys. Until next week, this is Jacob and Jackson with Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors. And we'll see y'all later on. Y'all have a good week, guys. This episode of Last Stop Waterfowl Outdoors is brought to you by Benoit Performance Baits. Bait and tackle for all your fishing needs. We offer some of the best soft plastics for bass, sacolay, and saltwater fishing. Whether it's a day on the water trying to catch a mess of fish for the family fish fry or a heavy bag to win a tournament, we have what you need and what the fish want. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok to place your order with Benoit Performance Baits today.